Hi, welcome to Breaking the Mold, a podcast from the National Precast Concrete Association. Make sure to tune in regularly as we dig into different aspects of the precast concrete industry. I'm Joe Frollo, NPCA Director of Communications and Public Affairs. We hope you enjoy this podcast and get a little something out of it. Make sure to subscribe and rate us so we can continue to grow and serve our membership. Today, we're going to be talking about the value of precast concrete versus alternative materials, specifically in terms of quality. We'll start by talking to former NPCA Chairman of the Board, Ron Sparks. Then later in the show, we'll hear from NPCA Engineer Claude Gauguin and Shea Concrete's Hugh Scott. Let's get started. Our guest today is former NPCA Chairman of the Board, Ron Sparks. Ron is also the CEO at National Precast and chairman of the NPCA Alternative Materials Task Force. Hey, Ron, thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Looking forward to talking to you. First, let's dive into to defining alternative materials and what we're exactly talking about here for people who may not use that term or, or maybe new to the term. We view an alternative material really anything that's, that's not precast concrete. And so that could be anything from a, a PVC to a steel product to a uh, polymer product and even an alternative method such as cast in place concrete. So when you're talking to specifiers, you know, whether face to face or, you know, in a bid or something like that, how do you describe the benefits of precast concrete in terms of quality, product longevity, just the, the the overall benefits of what the material can do for them. Well, there's there's a lot of benefits uh, to the precast concrete product, and typically, what I would say to a specifier is it's a uh, a product that has a hundred plus year service life that is actually qualifiable. Right? I don't know if that's a, the best word to use. However. Some of the other products that are out there claim to have 50, 75, 100 year service life. But in fact, they haven't even been in the market that long. So it's speculative. You know, we like to remind everybody what the Romans were doing back in the day, but there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, precast concrete has been around for a long time. The uh, manufacturing methodology of today, uh, today's day and age, is significantly more controlled and technical than it ever has been. And so uh, I try to remind specifiers that they're getting a, an engineered product because I think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle. It's, you know, we think of concrete sometimes as the, you know, the wheelbarrow in the back of your yard and, and uh, you know, you're putting in a fence or a deck or something. And, and we're in fact making, making structural concrete in a computerized, highly controlled environment with variations and deviations to meet the needs of each job right you know depending on the the facility it's being built at it and and the equipment that they may have uh, controls can be as finite as uh, you know half a percent deviation maybe to one percent on a given mix design and a tolerance for for concrete production so I really try to stress the fact that it is a uh, it's an engineered product and it's a little a little bit it's structural it's just a little bit different than what most people think of, of you know concrete. The other thing that I really try to focus on is is the fact that when an engineer 
puts together a design and we build it in precast, uh, that, that product meets the specifications in situ before it gets there. So I guess in other words, say a H20 loading requirement is, is required for a precast product. Well, it's, it's designed to meet that specification uh, before it ever gets installed. And so it doesn't rely on anything in the field to, to meet that structural design. Along with that, precast concrete typically is locally sourced. So the work comes by people in that community or at least a nearby community that wants the job done well and done right. So Ron, when you're when you're talking to specifiers or to contractors and you're you're you know making a bid or, or giving a quotation, how do you address uh, precast and alternative materials? Do you even talk about them or do you do you focus more on precast and its benefits or how how do you walk that line? Well, you know, personally I I prefer not to sell on um, pointing out negativity, you know, and so if I get a, you know, into that situation, I typically point out that precast products are structures. Most, if not all of the alternative products are considered flexible uh, products, not rigid. So in other words, they're relying on the installation, the quality of the supporting st structure around, uh, uh, you know, a box, a pipe, uh, you name it, to ultimately uh, have the end product, the installed product meet the design loads. And so that's usually the route that I take is, look, you know, I, I'll use pipe as an example, you know, it, it's round, okay? And, and a flexible pipe has got one similarity with a rigid pipe, it's, they're both round. That's where the similarities really stop. And so I try to focus on the fact that it's a structure, they, uh, in some most cases, really uh, have oversight in terms of their ability to be at a production facility, watching the production uh, happen, uh, approving it along the way, uh, or not. <laughs> we're made local, we're a structure, and we have documented service life data that other products just don't have because they haven't been around as long. Along those lines, pour in place isn't an alternative material, but it's certainly it's an alternative method. Um, how do you go about, because a lot of projects now are moving toward precast concrete that used to be traditionally pour in place. How, how do you address that within your bids and your quotes and you're talking to specifiers outside the industry? Well, I typically, uh, there's a couple of real key uh, components to to answering that question and 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 one being you know at least at least up here in the northwest you know we have seasons and I know there's other parts of the country that do as well and so our construction season gets condensed in into roughly about a six to eight month window and so when you're precasting a product as compared to casting it in place, you are going to save the end user, the customer, the installer, whomever is going to save time installing a precast product as compared to a cast in place. And uh, especially when you're discussing the product lines such as large vaults or culverts or custom boxes and, and, and structures and whatnot. So as a general rule of thumb, that's, that's uh, 
kind of the easy go-to is, hey, we're, we're going to save you a bunch of time on your project, which in some cases is uh, really impactful to a job. For instance, if, if there's a fish window or some environmental reason why a company has to be out of, out of a, a job site, um, time, time is of the essence. And so that, that's an easy one to, to talk about and remind them. Second thing is, you know, the precast can be built ahead of time and it offers an opportunity for the customer and the end user to uh, monitor its quality. I, I mentioned that earlier, but it's, it, that, that's also a good thing to mention. And then the quality of the, the, the precast concrete batching as compared to a, a delivery truck ensures that the product is, has better compressive strength or more consistent compressive strength, I would say, and it's not as uh, affected by weather. So going back to that season, if you're casting something in place in the fall or the winter, uh, at least here in the Northwest, you know, it could be upper 30s, lower 40 degree weather, and you may lose time on the job waiting for that product to cure so that you can move on to the next discipline uh, on the product uh, project. Precast concrete, it won't even ship until it's up to design strength. Yeah, you do live out in a very beautiful part of the country in the West. That, uh, some of the other things you've got out there, along with what you mentioned, is uh, wildfires, floods, landslides, other natural disasters. And these really need to be baked into uh, project planning, especially for cities, municipalities, states, when they're talking about electrical grids, evacuation plans, just general utility items. So... When you're talking again to these uh, government officials and specifiers, why should precast concrete be the material of choice when it comes to city planning and and the like? Well, I you know personally feel it's it's the safest product you could put in the ground to ensure that evacuation routes stay intact or or or, or don't fail. There's some documented situations where products that were susceptible to heat or fire failed that in turn affected the, the evacuation route in a negative way. And, you know, our product is, 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 is again, kind of reeling back to what I said a little bit earlier about the fact that it, that it, that it is a design structure uh, before it hits uh, a job site. And so let's just say there was a natural disaster and, and soil around a bridge uh, going across the stream you know, started to erode. Well, you know, you could, you could drive across a three-sided bridge made out of concrete because it's designed for H20 loading again, before it gets, gets to the job. And so, especially when you're, you know, discussing, you know, trunk lines, trunk power lines, sewer storm lines, road crossings over, you know, water, it's just critical that you put a product in the ground that can withstand, that can really withstand a natural disaster by itself. And then there's the concern about earthquakes. We sit out here in the Pacific Northwest on the same fault line as California. And so a lot of folks probably wouldn't associate, you know, Portland, Oregon or Seattle, Washington with, with earthquakes. However, we, we have to design our product to meet the same basic earthquake loads that are required in California. And so if you have, again, you have a a product in the ground that's relying on the structure around it, 
that I guess a contractor would have installed, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be affected by if an earthquake or a flood washes away some of that structure, it, it's, it's, gonna, it's likely to fail. The other thing I'd probably want to add to that is precast concrete products, unless they, for some reason, have catastrophically failed, can be repaired so, and, and stay in, in place. And so, again, going back to that scenario, let, let, let's say a, a, a tree or, or some, something fell on a precast structure and, and, it, and it cracked, but it was still uh, in service, um, you can repair that. You can repair it and keep is, you know long enough to come up with an alternative plan that remedies the situation for, for a longer service life. In other words, Maybe it's a temporary repair to keep keep the road open or or keep people moving, and and then it buys the uh, agency some time to design a a, a, a fix for it, a, a more longer term fix for it. So there's some merit to the fact that it, it can be it can be repaired. Uh, it's reinforced with uh, steel, as most people know, and specific uh, specifically with like say concrete pipe, the steel doesn't even really work until the concrete has failed. So the steel's there as a backup measure to the actual, you know, strength of the concrete. That's how it's tested in the plant. It's tested to meet a design standard when the concrete fails and the steel picks up the load. It can't even be shipped out of a yard until it's met that requirement. So a lot of positives about having a structure under the ground that doesn't require additional help, if you will, to, you know, by the surrounding soils to, to meet the design load. One of the things we talk about a lot here at PCA is uh, coming out of this pandemic, supply chains have really hit a lot of industries hard. Um, they're having difficulty getting you know, the manufactured product to the sites that they need. But precast concrete has, for the most part, been okay in terms of moving quickly. How do you think this has benefited the industry? How well known do you think this is, and how can we make it more well known? Well, with, with respect to the uh, supply chain, we've certainly seen you know, supply chain issues related to the pandemic. However, I would categorize them as fairly minor. Some of the products we may buy come from Europe or overseas. And that's where we've seen probably the biggest delay and in, in that, you know, product is sitting in a port and can't, can't get out of the port and get up to us. However, the lion's share of the products we use uh, in our manufacturing process are locally sourced. Aggregate supply, cement supply, rebar reinforcing supply, uh, it's all being sourced from a local supplier. We really haven't seen the, the supply chain issues as a just a general statement. I'm sure there's some exceptions to that statement, but uh, overall, I would say it, it really hasn't affected us. And I think it is really indicative of uh, the locality of our you know, raw materials and the fact that everything we use is, is a natural raw material. It's rock, sand, water, you know, steel. We're not, we're not using anything particularly exotic in, in precast. Okay, Ron, thanks for your time and this valuable information. We're going to check in on some NPCA news, then come back with Engineer's Corner featuring Claude Gauguin and Hugh Scott. Hiring, training, and retaining employees is a major challenge for every industry, including precast. 
MPCA is giving you the tools to meet the challenge head-on with an exciting new program designed to give your new hires a head start. With MPCA's onboarding program, you can introduce new employees to your organization's expectations, behaviors, and culture while providing training and motivation for them to become a productive member of the team. To learn more, visit precast.org backslash onboarding and take the first step toward moving from employee seeker to employee keeper. And hello and welcome to this NPCA podcast. I am Claude Gauguin. I am an engineer with the National Precast Concrete Association. And with me today is Hugh Scott from Shea Concrete Products. He's an engineer out of, uh, out of Massachusetts. Hello, Hugh. Welcome. Hey, Claude. How are you? Thank you very I'm much good. for having me. Thanks. Thanks for being here. So today we're going to talk about alternative materials in terms of the precast products that our members make uh, having to compete with products, uh, non-precast products. So starting off, you no doubt compete with other non-precast suppliers in different construction segments. I know know Shea has has a variety of products. And these competitors could be cast in place. They could be masonry, steel, plastic, fiberglass. So as you know, some alternative material product suppliers are pretty aggressive in their marketing against precast, you know, as one tends to be when they're battling a, a superior nemesis, if you will. And in response, uh, some precast manufacturers also may take that stance, be very aggressive in spotlighting alternative material weaknesses when, when trying to convince customers to use their their products. And others will take a different approach. They'll choose to focus just on the attributes of their products and not really badmouth alternative precasts, sort of like taking the high road, as some call it. With that, um, what is your philosophy on that? What's been your philosophy on when you're talking about alternative materials and Shea's approach in competing against those materials? Yeah, that's a great question, Claude. You know, at at Shea Concrete, right, so we're, you know, we're an over 70-year-old family-owned and operated business, a a business that has been built on longevity, trust, industry-leading product quality service, things of that nature. You know, I I think at at the highest level, we always try to let past project installations, experiences, relationships, you know, kind of do the talking for us. You know, always take the high road, always be professionals. Well, it's interesting, you know, from a standpoint of of products that are needed, the economy is very robust. And obviously there's many challenges in terms of materials and having folks to physically make the products. But, you know, right now more than ever, there's a lot of room in that sandbox for everybody to participate and have a healthy and strong business. Obviously things change as, as, as economies tighten up or whatnot. But Again, really, you know, letting our history and, and the quality of the products that we manufacture and the quality of the service that we deliver, we really try to let that talk for us. Developing high-quality relationships, right? It's, you know, being seen. We, we, we don't want to just be seen as, as a supplier. You know, we want to be seen as a partner. We want to be really seen as, as a turnkey solutions provider. So yes, in, in a previous life, I was what was called a regional engineer for advanced drainage systems. So I, I worked with a large sales team and my job in New England was to go out and make people accept all products that they manufactured, specify them, and our goal was to take market share from other products. So I think it, it is important, you know, as, as a precast concrete manufacturer, right, like we are a product supplier, but in my opinion, in today's age, you've got to be a lot more than that. If you can take 
a design engineer from the process of providing them with plans, with drawings, with specification language. If you have project profiles from past projects and you can show a design engineer or a specifier, hey, this is the product we recommend. Here's a installation that was done three miles from your office and here's how long it's worked for. Here's the reference to the design engineer that did this project, to the contractor, to the end user. You're happy to call them all and check references. If you can do something like that and build trust that effectively, it's very hard to at least not get an opportunity to provide value on that project. Now, you're not always gonna be selected, right? It is what it is. Right. But, but, but the idea that you're at least getting an opportunity to have a potential sale on that, on that project, that's, that's what you want, right? When, when you have companies that are out there doing negative selling or you know, pointing out other people's flaws, that's typically not a good long-term strategy. You know, people see through that, right? You know, people want to work with people that they trust, people that they like, and people that can show that they deliver a quality product. And if there is a problem, they're going to be there to help make it right. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned that about companies that provide solutions, not just a product, yep. not just we're an aisle in a, in a hardware store, in a big box store, where whatever you, whatever you need, tell us what you need and we'll get it to you. Providing a solution, so in other words, developing these relationships with your customers and working with them, um, you, you sort of garner that loyalty, that customer loyalty that can overcome so much, you know, in, in terms of their, you know, being drawn to maybe an alternative product, but then they think back and go, but I've always had a great experience with this company. I can trust them. They'll help me solve it. They'll help me come up with a solution. They'll help me value engineer. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That sort of sets you in a position that, that's hard to beat. Yeah. And, you know, I would just add, I think, you know, having good, strong Alternative competition is good, in, in my opinion. You know, it keeps you on your toes. It makes you continue to innovate. It makes you continue to utilize new technologies and be as cutting edge as you can be. So again, I, I think that's good, good for everybody. You know, I mean, if, if you're the only person in town, that may make you not work as hard as you're supposed to work. <laughs> and that may have you not in a situation where you are bringing your absolute best to your customers. Right. You know, with that being said, I, I think the one thing I'll add too is pe people come to precast concrete manufacturers for, for various products that they manufacture. If as the precaster, you can put yourself in a situation where you are able to bring opportunities to your design engineering partners. If you're able to actually bring, hey, this is a new site development project and I'm going to call my contractor partner who specializes in this particular space you know if you cannot always have people coming to you to buy products from you if you can actually be bringing opportunities to design engineers to contractors that's really a special way to make a a, a relationship so strong where it's really it, it can be hard for those entities to go anywhere else because they know that you are looking out for them so much they don't even want to talk to anybody else right if, if you can look out for your partners in in in, in that way that's, that's a really nice way to really solidify that relationship. In terms of making your case, making the case for your, your structures, do you have what's called an elevator speech ready in your pocket, or do you have something that you say to convey the strengths and benefits of your products versus alternative products? Yeah, I guess, you know, if I, if I was put on the spot and I was going to say something very quickly, I would say that we are a over 70-year-old family owned and operated business 
that provides industry-leading precast concrete product quality and service at a fair market price. I guess, you know, that would kind of be like the, 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 the formal elevator speech. Right. To kind of go along with that, with just the, the longevity and the multiple generations that we, you know, have in the business, that we're fortunate to have in the business. I, I always talk about that. We're always continuing to grow, trying to, to be an industry leader. Kind of the statement that, you know, strength always comes off of our trucks. You know, you know, we're not, we're, we're never nervous about, you know, really anything with our products. We're probably, and, and again, the nervous is not the right word, but we want to get feedback from our customers and, and from people that we touch to see how we can do a better job communicating and how we can deliver more service, right? We know that our products are top-notch quality, but we want to make sure that the actual experience is always being made better. All right. um, you know, can we communicate better? Could we have provided more information and, you know, on exactly how everything was going to come together? And can our drawings be better? Was our spec language as clear as it could be? Things of that nature. You know, it's really pro providing a high quality customer experience. When you run into, and I, and I know that, that, that a few of our members run into this sometimes, and so you, you, you're bidding on a job or you're looking at a job and uh, the job specifications don't actually include precast concrete as an option, although you look at it and you think well, this would be a perfectly viable option for precast concrete. There's a variety of ways you can try to get precast concrete in the spec, but uh, what's been your experience with that? How do you how do you guys do that? Yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, relationship, relationship, relationship. So, right, I mean, you know, kind of, um, you, you know, prior to seeing a set of plans that don't have your products on them, you know, doing your very best to get in front of design engineers and specifiers to make sure that they know that your project, that, that, that your products are available. Obviously, you want to be spec'd versus trying to value engineer something. But if you're in a position where you value engineering, you know, you typically start with the contractor. You might be able to go directly to the design engineer, the specifier, or to the owner. Uh, maybe if it's, you know, if it's a private project and not something that's kind of municipal DOT. And you need to be able to kind of, to, to your point about having an elevator speech, you want to be able to very quickly and effectively and, 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 and efficiently communicate that you have a solution that is equal, if not better, than what is currently shown on the plans. And you can deliver it in such a way that it, if you're talking to the contractor, that it does not bite into the contractor's bottom line. And if you're talking to the end owner, that you can potentially save that end owner some money. Economics are always very key with any construction type project. You know, the one thing that can be challenging with value engineering is, is you want to try to stay away from, from the topic of, you know, how much quote unquote cheaper you're going to be than what's currently specified, right? Sell value, sell service, sell, um, you know, long-term durability and lifespan. Don't necessarily sell on, well, we're going to be cheaper and we'll meet all the specs. You should take a look at us, right? Sell on, we've been around a lot longer. Um, we are an engineered product. We make it locally. We deliver it. We provide installation assistance. If there's a problem, we're on site. Mm -hmm. You know, we employ local local labor, mm -hmm. you know, um, things, of, you know, things of, of that nature versus trying to sell on price alone. When competing against cast-in-place concrete, now undoubtedly some of your products that you guys make, um, you're up against cast in place and it gets a little more it gets a little more complicated because you're competing against concrete it's concrete against concrete but it's not exactly the same type of material i mean it is concrete but ready mix does differ from cast in place other than just the way it's placed on the job site it differs as a material too what makes precast concrete different 
then cast in place, or what makes it, you know, uh, better? When, when, when the idea of being able to provide an alternative solution to, to cast in place concrete comes up, it's a very good to be able to show your facility and to have a plant tour and just simply to show the contractor or the, or the design engineer or you know whoever it may be that's making the decision your facility and the quality of product that you manufacture and really highlight the idea well the the fact that you will be manufacturing products for their job site in a climate controlled facility nothing is going to be quote unquote perfect but you are, you are going to be and have as much control as you can have. You're going to reduce variables. You're going to increase certainty. And, you know, when precast concrete products are manufactured, right, you have, you have design plans that are stamped. You have everything down to the area of steel, how you're going to tie the steel, the concrete mix design, what admixtures were in the concrete, right? I mean, you have history of everything that went into physically making that precast concrete product. You're controlling the pour. You're controlling the hydration of the product. You're making sure that you're at strength when you're supposed to be at strength. And then you can physically deliver the product when the contractor wants the product. Right. So you're also driving efficiencies from installation. You're helping with safety, right? You're physically delivering the product. If you have cranes or things like that, you can potentially help with actually installing your products on site for the contractor. Right. It's really just you know driving efficiency for that contractor, helping them potentially make more on their bottom line is obviously always a driver when they're making decisions, mm -hmm. but really just taking, taking risk off of their plate and giving them more certainty that, that they can do what, what, what they're being held, you know, held accountable to do on site you know, based on the contract that they've signed. The fact that in a precast environment, you can reduce some of those variables like weather uh, and many other things. Um, you, you, when you reduce the amount of variables, you get more consistency, and that helps you achieve that higher quality. And that's not just, just saying that. You know, in ACI, in the code in 318, ACI 318, Structural Building Code, it even talks in there about the required cover over-reinforcing. And in cast-in-place applications, there's actually a requirement for more cover over the reinforcing than precast. And the only reason for that difference is that precast is more of a controlled environment, so they acknowledge that by allowing less coverage. Because by doing it in the field, you're going to have more variability, and you may not get that half-inch, three-quarter inch of concrete between the formwork and the rebar. So it's, it's even acknowledged at a code level, if you will. And these are the kind of messages you can deliver. You can say things like, you know, it's, it's knowing what's going to trigger that customer or what's going to resonate with them. You know, like, do you want ready-mix trucks just sitting there idling in this neighborhood? Or do you want one truck pulling up, offloading? You know, do you have enough yard space for all the formwork and rebar? Don't need that. You know, we can just pull up knowing what's going to resonate with them based on your knowledge of the job and what they're concerned about. Let's talk about fiberglass and plastic structures. For many of our members, this, this constitutes their main competition, especially if they're dealing with underground uh, products like manholes, pipe, septic tanks, grease interceptors. You know, manufacturers of plastic and fiberglass structures have been making and putting a lot of effort into getting their products as alternatives. And in my experience, when I, when I, when I hear a contractor say, yeah, I use fiberglass tanks so I always want to know why. I, I, you know, I keep it positive. I don't um, confront them with it, but I just say, well, can I ask you why you prefer using that product? And a lot of times, probably the great majority of the time, they will say, 
it's just easier to handle. I can put it in the back of my pickup truck, get it out to the job site. Two or three of us can put it in, or I can use a bobcat or a, a small excavator to put it in. Otherwise, I gotta, you know, I gotta get a bigger piece of equipment. Uh, it's heavier. I can't lift it. I can't take it there in my truck. So, when when it comes to things like that, like very specific, it's easier to handle. Um, how do you how do you respond to that argument uh, if if you're talking to somebody? Yeah, well, you know, right. So th th there's always some examples when you know, let's say, the the only physical access is you know a uh, a pedestrian gate, mm -hmm. like you you can't get a truck back there, you can't get equipment back there, and really like you have to be able to actually like carry um, into the backyard what you're going to install. Okay, something that's plastic and lightweight, that may be your best bet for that application. I mean, or you can get a crane that goes up over the house into the backyard, and you know how much does that cost per day? Right. So, again, you know, back to back to good competition. Um, you know, having having everybody being innovative. Um, you know, and, and making everyone get better um, is, is good. You know, good competition is good for, for all industries. With that being said, I think, um, you know, let's just talk about septic tanks, right? If you provide as close to a turnkey solution as possible, meaning that you have transportation assets that are equipped with a crane so that when you come on site and, again, you've been communicating with the contractor, they know exactly when you're going to show up, so the hole's dug, everything's level, site's prepped, you can pull up and you can actually drop that product into the hole for the contractor, that's fantastic. You know, the contractor right. does not need their own excavator. They don't need a crane. They know that you're going to be there when you said you'd be there, and you're going to put your product in the ground where they want it to be put. That's hard to beat. I mean, I, I think this is a true statement, right? You know, with, with precast concrete products, right, everything's engineered. Strength does always come off the truck, right? I mean, concrete is a proven product. We've talked about... Things have been made of concrete for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years. Like mm -hmm. people trust it, they know it works. And again, you can you can start to say kind of fancier things. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of laugh about this, but the idea that, you know, you can have a plastic tank in the back of your truck, you know, <laughs> uh, or, you know or you can have a tank you can park your truck on, right? right. I mean, you know, I mean, um, you know, with precast concrete products, I mean, you know, buoyancy and uplift can be a challenge, mm -hmm. but it's a lot less of a challenge when you start installing things made of fiberglass or plastic, you know, typically with fiberglass and plastic, right? You know, there's there's different benefits to being able to handle it and the kind of equipment you need to physically place it into into an excavation, but it's typically a lot more challenging and takes a lot more time to properly install it and to make sure that you've installed it in the way you're supposed to do it, right? I mean, with with plastic products or with fiberglass products, if you don't install the, the product properly and it starts to deflect, you will typically get to a failure mode, whether it's buckling or whatever that may be. You know, with, with precast concrete products, again, you know, things are, are fairly straightforward. If you as the manufacturer and the service provider can deliver that epic um, solution to the contractor and, and make their job as easy as possible, it's, it's hard to want to go somewhere else. You know, I mean, we find that if you can provide extremely high quality products and extremely high quality services, People expect to pay more for that, mm -hmm. right? Because because you are taking pain away that they would otherwise have to deal with if they had to do more of the installation themselves. Right. You know. So again, I, I always say focus on providing that epic turnkey solution, and and things typically take care of themselves. Right. Great advice, Hugh. I, I, in closing, the last question I'd like to ask you is: What would you advise if you had all the 
precasters just sitting here right now listening to you, and what would you just tell them to enhance their message? I would simply say, right, like precast concrete products are the most trusted of any product that a design engineer is going to have pitched to them, right? It's been around for the longest. Design engineers understand how to actually like physically run calcs. Be the expert, right? Get out there. Talk about what you do. Be proud of what you do. Design engineers want to know who you are. They want to be able to call you on their cell phone when they need help. You know, have your AutoCAD drawings ready. Have your spec language ready. Provide plant tours. You know, show people how to do a spread test. I mean, this stuff, you know, again, it, all of this stuff seems so basic to somebody who makes precast concrete products because it's what you do, right? But design engineers, specifiers, health inspectors, whoever it is, they are hungry for new experiences and they are hungry to see what you're doing and how you're adding value to, to projects. You know, people want to see it. Volunteer to speak at, a, at, a, at an American Society of Civil Engineering event. Go out and sponsor the local Little League baseball team, right? Get your name out there. Be part of the community. And again, to, to your point, like have your elevator. Like if you don't have an elevator speech, work on it tonight. You know, like t t talk, I don't know, talk to, t talk to somebody about it and get that elevator speech ready to go. If you're nervous to go talk to design engineers, that means you should be talking to design engineers. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're nervous to call a contractor, that means you should be talking to contractors, right? Like what, what, whatever doesn't feel quite right to be doing, you should probably be doing that. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you've got to go and sell, right? It's like you, you could make the best product out of anyone in the world. If nobody knows about it, no one's going to buy it. Right. You know, you got to get out there and get active. I mean, don't be scared of social media. Don't be scared of, of doing presentations via Zoom. If where you live, everything's still locked down and you can't physically go see people, you know, put yourself out there. And uh, the more you do it, the better it's going to get and the better it's going to feel, and, and you're going to, you know, you're going to want to keep doing it. Again, but just simply, you know, just, like, know that you are the expert. Um, I, I just told this quickly, Claude, you know, you've come to a couple of our technical engineering seminars, and, and you've helped us present. Mm -hmm. We always do a plant tour as part of that, that those, those seminars. I had an engineer who I have known for over a decade who's, you know, he's got a big title, and he works for a big global engineering uh, company, and as... You know, the, the, the folks in our main facility in Amesbury, they were, they were demolding a four-foot diameter catch basin, like one of the most basic products you could, you could make, right? Right. And this gentleman was completely floored by the whole presentation. Like, Hugh, I have never seen a four-foot diameter catch basin be manufactured. He was so excited, and I just kind of stood there, and I'm like, wow, just another great example of, like, you think all these other people, I don't know, might might be smarter than you or they might judge you or whatever it is they're just excited to be there like <laughs> it's just cool stuff for them to see and they want to see it all you got to do is invite them and yeah. i i swear they will line up to come well great thank you so much hugh you've shared some great advice and we we appreciate your help yeah well i i appreciate the opportunity and and thank you for all you do claude and thanks for all that npca does that's our show we hope you enjoyed it and can take some ideas from it back to your place of work be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating to help us reach more people both inside and outside of our industry. Our producer today is Heather Bremer. See you next time on Breaking the Mold.